One of the most interesting accounts of war ever written was actually written by one of the greatest generals to have ever led an army, Julius Caesar. If you ever have the chance to grab a copy of The Gallic War by Caesar himself, you're in for a fascinating read. Because the way Caesar writes, it's, it's very dispassionate. He just tells it like it was. He puts himself where he was within each battle and within each conflict and skirmish. And you begin to get a sense of the lay of the land, what he said, what he did, but he does it in a very unselfconscious way. It's fascinating to read. And so today I want to put you in the place of a particular battle, the Battle of the Sabus. And then I want to read to you what he wrote, and then I'll try and unpack a little bit, and then we're going to tie it in to the far grander realities of the kingdom of heaven. So the Battle of the Sabus took place when a group of what we would call sort of Belgian tribes to the east and northeast of what is now France began to band together to attack the Romans and in fact to surprise them. So here comes Caesar with his armies and suddenly out of these thick woods they're attacked seemingly from all sides. So Caesar was very hands-on always in battle. So where I'm going to put us in the action He's going kind of from legion to legion, getting everybody reapportioned and ready for the part they're going to play in the battle. And that's where we'll pick up reading. And I'll read a little bit at length, then I'll kind of explain it a little bit. And then again, we'll tie it into the higher things. So Caesar writes, After haranguing the 10th legion, Caesar started for the right wing. There he beheld his troops hard-driven, and the men of the twelfth legion, with their standards collected in one place, so closely packed that they hampered each other for fighting. All the centurions of the fourth cohort had been slain, and the standard-bearer likewise, and the standard was lost. Almost all the centurions of the other cohorts were either wounded or killed, among them the chief centurion, Publius Sextius Baculus, bravest of the brave, who was overcome by many grievous wounds, so that he could no longer hold himself upright. The rest of the men were tiring, and some of the rearmost ranks, abandoning the fight, were retiring to avoid the missiles. The enemy were not ceasing to move upwards in front from the lower ground, and were pressing hard on either flank. The condition of affairs, as he saw, meaning Caesar, was critical indeed, and there was no support that could be sent up. Taking, therefore, a shield from a soldier of the rearmost ranks, as he himself was come thither without a shield, he went forward into the first line, and calling on the centurions by name, and cheering on the rank and file, he bade them advance and extend the companies, that they might ply swords more easily. His coming brought hope to the troops and renewed their spirit. Each man of his own accord, in the sight of the commander-in-chief, desperate as his own case might be, was fain to do his utmost. So the onslaught of the enemy was checked. So to kind of bring that into a little bit more modern language for you, Caesar had just gone to the 10th legion, had just sort of shouted encouragement and, and was pushing them back into the battle, and then he headed off to the right wing. And what did he see? He saw the standard bearers. He saw all the flags of that legion all clumped together, afraid, clinging to one another. 
And in fact, the, the, the main standard had already been lost. All of the leaders, the centurions, either were killed or grievously wounded like this awesomely named guy, Publius Sextius Baculus. And the enemy was pouring up over the rise to come at them from every single side. So what does Caesar do, seeing his men wanting to retreat, in fact, starting to retreat? I love this moment. It says that he took a shield from a soldier of the rearmost ranks because he himself had come without any shield. And he went forward into the first line, right to the front, right where it was the most dangerous, the hottest action. And he began to call the centurions by name, speaking to them firsthandedly, reminding them that they belonged to him. And he cheered on the rank and file. And he said, let us advance. And I love that his coming brings hope and it renews their spirits. And from that moment forward, every man essentially began to try to impress him, to say, well, if you're here with us, we'll give our uttermost. I love it. Was fain to do his utmost. In reading that a few years ago, it just, it, it is so perfect of a picture for what we endeavor to do with each and every day of our life. And so what I want to do right now is share with you actually just a, a sort of a woven piece of multiple scriptures that take us essentially through the Battle of the Sabus with the 12th Legion for today, where we are. So these are from all over the scriptures, and I'll just read them without comment. I want you to be reminded of what we're doing on behalf of our commander-in-chief, Jesus of Nazareth. I call to God the Most High, to God, who supplies my every need. He will answer from heaven and save me. God will show me his constant love and faithfulness. I am surrounded by enemies. Their teeth are like spears and arrows. Their tongues are like sharp swords. Show your greatness in the sky, O God, and your glory over all the earth. For we are handicapped on all sides, but we are never frustrated. We are puzzled, but never in despair. We are persecuted, but we never have to stand it alone. We may be knocked down, but we are never knocked out. Then it's as if we hear his voice. Hold on to what you have until I come. For we are citizens of heaven. Our outlook goes beyond this world to the hopeful expectation of the Savior who will come from heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. So above all, be sure you take faith as your shield, for it can quench every burning missile the enemy hurls at you. And thanks be to God who leads us wherever we are on his own triumphant way and makes our knowledge of him spread throughout the world like a lovely perfume. For now, the salvation and the power and kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. Now we have conquered through the blood of the lamb and through the word to which we bore witness. And we all, who have no veils on our faces, 
reflect like mirrors the glory of the Lord and are being transfigured by the Spirit of the Lord in ever-increasing splendor into His own image. My friends, you and I are in the process of becoming like our Commander-in-Chief, the Glorious One, Jesus. So my word for you today is let us continue this day to fix our eyes only on him. He has come forward into the first line. He's right here in our midst and he asks us to turn and with love to fight the battle of this day. Thank you for listening.